Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2370. Six Unusually Specific Suggestions for Eating More Sensibly, part two, by David Kane of raptitude.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dr. Neil. Hey there, welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free, always with permission from the sites and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Oh, and on Wednesdays, I always provide a little bit of inspiration. Now, I happen to be listening to a book called The Talent Code on Audible by Daniel Coyle. The book describes how, with proper training, practice, and dedication, anyone has the potential to become great in their chosen fields. And one suggestion jumped out at me. The author described that whenever we try something new, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. So the trick to this is today's inspiration. Quote, To master a challenge, linger in the discomfort a little longer each time. End quote. All right, now, today's post is part two from yesterday. So if you're new here or are skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That was episode 2369. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Six Unusually Specific Suggestions for Eating More Sensibly, Part 2, by David Kane of raptitude.com. 3. Move away from low-quality cheese. There are hundreds of cheeses, and they vary widely in properties we can call flavor per calorie and calories per dollar. For example, a light shredding of five years aged white cheddar imparts more flavor than a whole slice of cheap mild cheddar. It's higher flavor per calorie. Likewise, Asiago has much more punch in it than four times the amount of brick-packaged mozzarella. Low-quality cheeses tend to compete on price, which means high calories per dollar, but low flavor per calorie. Most cheese-involving foods can be remixed using high flavory per calorie cheeses like Emmenthal, Asiago, more pungent cheddars, 
Parmesan, blue if it's your thing, and so many more. Going high flavor per calorie instead of high calories per dollar also means you get to enjoy higher end ingredients without increasing your cheese budget. This adjustment could save hundreds of questionable calories a day for someone who puts cheese on things a lot. Coupling this with a generous downshifting of eating speed is a winning combo. The world of cheese opens up when you go high flavor per calorie. Four, experiment with voluntarily wasting small amounts of food. Many of us have grown up with the belief that leaving something on your plate and eventually scraping it into the trash isn't just wasteful, but wrong. This doctrine makes sense if the problem is finding enough food to survive, but not if the problem is habitual overconsumption. In that case, it's doubly wasteful to use your body to dispose of the excess because it only makes you into a human garbage can. Nothing is saved here. The extra intake is unlikely to be beneficial in any way unless you anticipate life descending into starvation conditions sometime soon. Of course, you can usually save any excess as leftovers anyway. Leaving uneaten a small sacrificial pile of peas or mashed potatoes helps train our ability to voluntarily stop consuming without deferring to artificial finishing points, such as an empty plate. It returns the locus of control to your intentions and judgment rather than leaving it to predetermined conditions such as how much food ended up on the plate in the first place. Cut down on the larger problem of food waste in more direct ways. Make use of all that old pantry stuff and don't let anything go bad in the fridge. Five, add plain, undressed vegetables to every meal. Try the bold move of including an unadorned vegetable in every meal. Plain steamed broccoli, unsalted cucumber slices, or carrot sticks with no dip. Just eat some plants without trying to soften the blow by way of seasonings or dressings. In a culture in which food is always, always expected to entertain while it nourishes, it's strangely freeing to eat a thing solely for its nutritional value. Discover and appreciate, even if you can't precisely enjoy, the natural planty bitterness and crunch of plain vegetables, which, by the way, have already been selectively bred to be far more palatable than the original forms your ancestors were so pleased to find. I'm serious when I say this practice is liberating. By doing this, you're defying a strange and almost invisible cultural norm. We've come to expect food to always serve the taste buds and sometimes to also serve our health and longevity. This backwards view of food is a recent human conceit and frankly, it's killing us. Once you break through the all-must-taste-good barrier, you can add a few plain or raw veggies to every meal to remind the body and brain that there's no reason whatsoever that all of our eating must be entertainment, and in fact, it's insane that we ever believed it should be. And six, pretend or realize that this may be your last meal. One of the reasons I'm fond of the novel All Quiet on the Western Front is because the characters pitifully undersupplied German soldiers, spend inordinate amounts of time fantasizing about food. They daydream aloud about canned green beans and still chewy bread ends, and by the end of the war, half-jokingly claim that they now storm English trenches solely to capture their highly prized tins of corned beef. Their worship of ordinary food always made up whatever I was eating, cheese and crackers, lentil soup, scrambled eggs, feel precious and also sufficient. I still sometimes pretend that the sandwich I've made for myself with 
pastrami, tomato, mayo, mustard, and pickle on ciabatta bread is, for me, a rare and transcendent eating experience, as it would have been for almost everyone who has ever lived. It also makes less exciting foods, such as the plain carrots and cucumbers I talked about earlier, feel much more deserving of gratitude. Flipping into this mindset when I'm able to doesn't only make the food taste better, it makes it more fulfilling, tempering the usual impulse to overconsume. If the World War I soldier fantasy doesn't resonate with you, almost anyone can get the same effect through a stoic practice called the last time practice. You pretend, and in doing so realize it's true, that this meal could be the last one that ever sits before you, which deepens and transforms the experience of eating it. Even in a life in which food is ubiquitous, for better or worse, it should at least sometimes appear to us as a rare and precious thing. You just listened to part two of the post titled Six Unusually Specific Suggestions for Eating More Sensibly by David Kane of raptitude.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I really liked David's last suggestion acting as if what you're eating is your last meal. It slows down the eating process and forces us to eat more mindfully. Hopefully, as a result, we'll probably end up feeling more satisfied with less food. Now, I practice something similar, but with my workouts. Whenever I feel unmotivated to work out, or like, I just have to get the workout in, so let's get this over with already, I remind myself to be grateful that I have the ability to work out in the first place, that I have the opportunity, the time, access, and that I'm in good enough health in the first place to be able to work out. It's such a powerful way to reframe this experience and feel gratitude instantly. Oh, and to find that motivation again to kill it in the gym. All right, that's another episode of Optimal Health Daily. Thank you so much for being here and listening every day. Thank you so much for sharing this show with someone. That's one of the best ways to help keep this podcast going. 
I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow with another post and where your optimal life awaits.